0: Welcome
1: to Arcade Audio.
2: Welcome to the Blank Slate. Thanks for pushing play. I'm your host, Tony Colt. For the very first time, with me today are two of the best guests you could possibly have for the subject we have today. First guest is our normal host, Rich Camalucci. rip Say hi to the people.
1: Oh, hello, people, from a different uh, point of view today, as it were. <laughs> i loving this. I'm loving it already.
2: I am happy to slide into the captain's chair and uh, let you just go off today uh, with our illustrious guest, Osman Canizales. Say hi to the people, Osman.
0: What up, everybody? What up? This is such an exciting time to be alive. Oh, it
1: is. I mean, uh, for for a very specific uh, thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess I should have phrased that better. It's a very exciting time to be alive in the world of basketball from Miami Heat. There we are.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: We're getting real specific today about uh, who it's it's a good time to be. and uh, You know what? It is, it is times like these that we have to find the silver lining, and uh, one of those intensely silver linings that we have right now, this Argentine lining, is the Miami Heat of 2019-2020, and their insane playoff run. Uh, just really quick, just to start us off, uh, you guys are both big Heat fans. Uh, I've known you for many years, and you've both been enormous Heat fans for the whole time I've known you, and so obnoxious about it. Uh, <laughs> I am not a Heat fan, just so, uh, just to kind of set the groundwork here. Um, in fact, I am uh, more or less the opposite of a Heat fan. Um, I am a Dallas Mavericks fan. Uh, our our two teams, uh, each of uh, the first two times that our teams were in the finals, they played each other, uh, and they split it one apiece. Uh, so we're totally even, and uh, nobody gets any bragging rights, even though the Mavs won most recently. So, um, what I would like to start out with uh, is just this this team. They went 44-29, and 29, right? They came in fifth place, and they swept the Pacers, and they should have swept the Bucks, if not for some questionable officiating. So, Rich, just start us off. What is it about this fucking Heat team that they are just killing other really good, competent teams, well-coached teams? They just beat the MVP. They just pantsed him. Just let the people know.
1: You want to to really know just flat out what it is? It's a neutral court. Like, (laughs) the Heat had a stellar home record in the regular season uh, up until uh, uh, the season was put on halt. Uh, And the road record, not so much. And so when – I've been thinking about this a lot. And so basically what you have in the NBA bubble right now is just – Ball. And that's it. Everything else is stripped away. All the distractions, all the restaurants, all the nightclubs, all the, the entourages, all of everything else is stripped away. And all there is to do and think about is ball and fishing and stocked ponds and, <laughs> yes. and golf and, and, and golf. coffee and, and, and 20 bucks coffee. of coffee <laughs> uh, from the barista. Uh, and. And I think that has been the great equalizer for a team who hangs their identity on the idea of culture and hard work and being, you know, first in, last out. And I, I think that's been a straight up advantage for the Heat in these playoffs. That's honestly, I, I honestly think that's, that's a lot of what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, and, and to piggyback on that, like you said, we went 29-7 and 7 at home, 15-22 and 22 away. Uh, obviously, that accounts for a little bit of the bubble play as well. But even still, that margin is huge from home to away. And at the end of the day, like Rich said, shooters shoot, especially in gyms. When you see like the clips of these players during the summer league, when they're just like balling out of control, Trey Young hitting half-court shots against you know Melo and LeBron and all these guys playing, they're doing that now pretty much in the same instance, but these games count. And I feel with the culture of our team, like Rich said, it's just, you know, if you're getting out of line, even a little bit, you have everyone else accounting for everyone else. And there's no blame game. It's all distribution game. Everybody's a team as one and we're really showing it. And, and especially for, for this year, for, well, this series specifically with the bucks. I mean, it was just, everyone was clicking on all cylinders, especially on the defensive end. It was just awesome to see like, anytime that Giannis tried to get close to the rim, it's like three, three and four people waiting for him. They like, uh, my cousin said on our, we have a podcast as well. And we spoke about it a little bit and they were talking about building that wall and uh, building that wall for Giannis. And he had nowhere to go. And it was so great to see, like, you have all this. And then even with the shooters, like Tyler Hero, and God, they don't have a bunch of fans screaming in their face, booing them, doing all these things. It's all just, hey, man, you're in an open gym, shoot it away. And, and I think that open gym mentality kind of takes the stress off a lot of guys, especially Duncan Robinson, who was shooting lights out in the bubble. Uh, and this is his first playoff series as well. And, you know, all the other players on our team. And it's just been awesome. It's been so great. So great.
2: You know, one of the things that you just mentioned, Osman, is, is that uh, – hero has has just been lights out because he's a rookie and because it's a bubble environment there isn't that that same type of pressure in your first playoffs and he has i'm i'm about ready to license the sam cassell big balls dance to tyler hero (laughs) i'm about ready to just say like go at it young fella the shots that he's making in these playoffs as a 20 year old rookie are are they're,
0: they're Luca esque. And, and not even that, but the faith that th- they're passing him the ball. Jimmy's giving him the ball. Spo is giving him all the opportunities in the world to do it. They trust him. Jimmy said, after the last game this guy plays like he's 31 years old like he's jimmy's age he's not playing like a 20 year old kid who you know just left college and t- on top of that he's playing against the, his hometown team and you know apparently he had like death threats and everything for choosing kentucky over um marquette and it's just so funny to see that now he's the one. Wrote, oh, wisconsin sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's so funny to see him you know bulldoze his hometown team and send them all packing well, especially and, and, with all the clutch shots last game too not even not even this previous game but the game before uh game four yeah. uh he was just back-to-back threes in crunch time and you're like oh my god dude
1: you're 20 years old the <laughs> the confidence that this that this young man nay, this child nay my <laughs> son is imbued with <laughs> is uh is truly remarkable and i honestly feel like that's um a lot of the butler influence uh is even going back to uh you know like training camps and preseason like uh, back when he was like yeah like butler was there like on him that was his rookie like every step of the way
0: Tyler uh, tuesdays man it's yeah. no mistake that he balled out yesterday on tuesday because it was in fact tyler tuesday mm. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness
2: heroes game yesterday now he obviously made several shots that were off the charts amazing. But what 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 really struck me was a couple of the assists that, that he came up with were just yeah. passes that you don't see guys make. Like, he had almost a sidearm kind of slingshot, like 45-foot pass that seemed to never get more than about five feet off the ground. He hit Kelly Olenek right in stride for a layup on a fast break with that. I mean...
0: That was like a Steve Nash level pass. It was it was crazy. And that that uh, no look. Igudala no look. Yes. Even Igudala's face was oh. like. Iguodala's face was like the best part. I wish somebody would have memed it because he was just oh. like, bro. <laughs> Looked off
2: the defender and then just hit Iggy right in stride. It was a bounce pass too. Was it a no look
0: bounce pass? Oh. You love to see it. You love to see it. I'm so excited. I'm like shaking over here still. I'm just still feeling the euphoria from yesterday's game.
1: And 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 like this still based on that opening question, there's so much like you can kind of go down a whole list of like reasons why what's happening is happening. And and I do just want to say, sure, there is specks and flecks of luck, you know, that are gonna be. Like it's scattered throughout, especially as far as like injury luck. Uh, you know, with the Pacers, Sabonis being out, and and Oladipo not being one hundred percent, and then with Giannis being basically out the last two games of the Bucks series, and Bloodsill being out that first game of the Bucks series. Like, you know, there's there's these. It isn't like you know, just purely full force both teams going at it but this is the playoffs. This is what happens in the playoffs. And you got to win the games that are in front of you. Yeah. And, and I think another yeah, thing that an example that, was. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I was going well, like,
0: to say, prime example was last year with the finals of uh, Kevin Durant got hurt. Clay Thompson got hurt and Kawhi was able to secure a championship. That's basketball. You yeah. can't, we can't be blamed for not having other teams. hundred percent. We're, we're healthy. You know? So yeah, I mean, everybody gets so, hurt, you know, when yeah. everybody gets hurt, but go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean, I did well, jump in there.
1: And the last thing I wanted to kind of like the big picture, Uh, view of it is the the mixture of of extreme youth and and veterans like working in concert together like and that just came to mind when you brought up that hero to Iguodala pass like that trade you know the uh, in the regular season at the deadline to get Iguodala and Crowder like Iguodala made sense because you know he's a he's a finals mvp he's a you know a wily playoff veteran um oh, he is
2: technically a finals mvp
1: look <laughs> it's in the books if you know 40 years from now when no one's watching those games again and you look in the books you're gonna see andre godala finals mvp and you're gonna be like well i don't know what that was about and you'd be right <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right. he 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 totally held LeBron to like a 36, 12, and 9 in that
3: <laughs> series.
2: <laughs> what the hell were people watching? Anyway, Ed, before Ed this LeBron gets had two no off players. the rails. Well <laughs> Matthew Delavitova, excuse me, Osman. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You're right. So so, so Before we get too off off the rails, we've kind of touched on lots of the different aspects of what make the Heat such an incredible team and such a a, a really uh, uniquely capable team at playoff basketball specifically. Um, So I wanted to look at some of those aspects with you guys and kind of get your thoughts on uh, some of the things that that I had looked at uh, when I was doing the prep for this podcast with – You know, of course, I've watched the Heat. I've watched them a lot in the playoffs, uh, not as much in the regular season. But, you know, in doing the prep today, there were a lot of things that that, that really jumped out to me. Um, For instance, you guys have mentioned camaraderie. So this team has uh, several players who attended the same college,
1: Uh, including Marquette.
2: You guys want to get these? Yeah. Okay.
0: I know I know Jay Crowder and Jimmy both went to Marquette yeah they both went to Marquette. yep we got Ooh. three more pairs. Ooh three more pairs uh, Bam and and, and Harrow went to Hero. Kentucky. yeah that's the second one And hmm.
2: I can tell you the other one involves uh, I'll give you the lesser known player for each college. Solomon Hill is involved in one of the pairings. Okay, well, <laughs> with Andre Iguodala at Arizona, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. the other pairing involves uh, Myers Leonard and Kendrick Nunn's uh, short stint at the University of Illinois. Oh, um, interesting. They, hmm. So you know, it's nice to have like somebody around you. Know, you could talk to about you know the places that you used to go for the one year that you were there. You yeah, know, like, <laughs> talk about all the old times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, the Heat also have what I have long considered one of the critical ingredients in building a championship team, uh, which is that they have a Florida Gator on the roster. Um, Now, he's 39 years old, um, so he creaks around a bit, but Udonis Haslam is really holding the bench together. Um, Another kind of weird thing that I saw when I was looking at this team is that they've got two players who attended two colleges, guys that transferred, do you guys know who those would be? I mentioned one earlier.
1: Duncan Robinson transferred.
2: Yeah. Uh, from,
1: you know where
2: he started out?
1: Uh, no, he ended up in Michigan. And I was, I was literally just about to say, he started out at wherever the fuck and then went to Michigan.
2: <laughs> yeah. Williams College in Massachusetts. Okay. Which, I'll be honest, I thought was an all-women's school until I saw that he played basketball. <laughs> I couldn't recall if it was one of those ones that's just for women.
0: And I'm assuming Kendrick Nunn was the other one that went to two schools.
2: Kendrick Nunn finished out at Oakland in uh, Oakland County, Michigan. Interesting. Both on draft. A couple of interesting roster notes. Yeah. True. True. Uh, Interesting note about Coach Eric Spolstra. Now – I feel like people always kind of think about Spo as a young cat and he definitely looks like a young cat. I mean, he looks better than me and I'm several years younger than he is. Uh, <laughs> he does look better than Ozzy, but Rich is 50,
1: 50. That's generous. <but> he's, <laughs> he's got good skin. <laughs>
2: he he's got incredible skin. Um, but he, he has only missed the playoffs twice since becoming the coach in 2008 and they've never won less than 37
1: games. Wow. That playoff one is kind of wild to me because it just, it feels, that doesn't feel they've right. They've
2: only missed twice.
0: Wow. Yeah, they've only missed twice. Yeah, that doesn't seem right to me. I, I, I assumed it was so much more without the big three here, but man, go Spo.
1: Well, so that's, yeah, that's the thing. Anytime there's not like a big marquee team uh, that spos coaching, it does always kind of feel like as a fan, you're on the the cusp of like whether you want them to like not full on out and out tank because the heat team will never do that but you know you you want to be in that zone where the games are competitive but you know maybe we got some good lottery chances and then again this this season in particular really put a lot of things in perspective as far as like how well the team scouts how well the team uh drafts and it's kind of one of those things where it's just like oh no if you just have a competent organization you don't need to tank
0: at all it
2: it turns out that that's correct. Yeah, yeah. It turns out that that is the case. If you just have a really good coach and you just leave him there and let him do his thing, uh, and give him really good players all the time, that tends to work out well. Um, but yeah, Spoh, oh. I, he's he's a career five ninety one winning percentage. That's the equivalent of going forty eight wins every year for the last twelve years. He's got a six twenty two playoff winning percentage. So about yeah. two to one. He averages a 4-2 series win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I saw Dwayne Wade actually tweet uh, something, not to that same regard, but he was like, there has to be a co-coach of the decade, and it would be Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra being co-coaches of the decade because the way they've, you know... Well, Steve Kerr obviously has a dynasty in his hands, and we did too at one point, although it was very short-lived. It's just amazing to see what these coaches have been able to do with these teams for a damn decade, so hell yeah.
1: Well, and the big difference between those two is, you know, we haven't really seen Kerr without uh, the same core, whereas we've seen Spo coach many different teams at this point. And I again, just hopefully like the that type of culture around the heat can like s- stay cemented within it because I would love to see like one of those old school like coaching reigns of like Spo, just coaching until he gets old and retiring with Miami. Like, w- cause you just don't never see that you see Popovich and you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, who knows where we are with that. Uh, and you just, you would just love to see it because, uh, he's, he's been kind of a secret ingredient. Like no one, you don't every now and then you hear some people bring, you know, bring Spo up as far as just like, yeah, he's one of the best coaches in the league, but no one really expounds upon it that, you know, so yeah,
0: he damn well is. And also, you know, we have hands down the best executive of the last 20, 30 years in Pat Riley. Oh, here it is. Here uh, so it is. I mean, I hope he never retires. <laughs> I, I mean I hope he literally on his deathbed still lands the big whales and still puts these teams together in the next for the next 20 years. Hopefully he lives that long. Uh, That'd be amazing.
1: I mean imagine if he had stayed with the New York Knicks organization. I'm sorry, I couldn't finish <laughs> that with the street. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh they suck,
0: they suck oh, so bad. the worst. They got the they're eighth worse. pick this year in the draft. That's amazing. This just made me smile so big. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, and, the worst. And, and also like uh I was so glad Tony that you're not like a like a Philadelphia 76ers fan because I've been looking at all these like freezing and cold takes on Twitter about all the people saying that Jimmy would never win in Miami, never win a playoff game, never. And if he didn't make it to the playoffs, never make it out of the first round. And it's just like, how does Philly feel and then on top of getting bounced in the first round you have arguably your best player on your team just riding Jimmy's nuts like all I don't know if that's the right term to use but all over all over Twitter and, and Instagram saying brother I see you proud of you, you know, pretty much saying I can't wait to be with you once they have to make this decision to break me and Ben apart because I can't wait to go to
1: Miami and play. Nope. with you. No, no, <laughs> I don't want Embiid anywhere near the American Airlines arena.
2: Uh, uh, let's, let let's finish up with this season guys before we start yeah. talking about uh, you know the potential trade market. Uh, Tony, let's, let you,
1: us you're you're on Twitter. you know that a heat fan's favorite thing to do on Twitter is put other players in heat jerseys?
2: <laughs> yes I have I have seen that phenomenon a number of times, yes. Uh, never more uh, awkwardly than with bobon.
0: Uh, <laughs> no the best bachelor. I saw it was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan in Heat jerseys from their, uh, <laughs> from oh their Barcelona <laughs> Dream Team pictures photo shoot. So that was amazing.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it definitely would
2: be more retirement home. Uh, it would definitely feel a little more <laughs> South Florida in that way. Um, so. Osmond, uh, something else that you brought up earlier was um, was was how kind of how how much the heat spread it around and kind of how much you never know where they're gonna come from or like who it's gonna be that's you know, it's really gonna jump up and make a big contribution. They have six guys that averaged uh, more than 10 points, but less than 20 points. They don't have a 20-point a game scorer, but they got six 10-point per game scorers. Jimmy, uh, Gordon Dragic, Bam Adebayo, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. Now, in these playoffs, I think we've seen quite a bit of that as well, where, you know, kind of Jimmy blows hot and cold. He's obviously the star. You know, he had a 40-point game, and then he had, like, a 13-point game, I think, the following night. Yeah. So, yeah. and... I feel like they've 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 certainly, you know, shortened things up. We're seeing no Kendrick Nunn, um which given his past, I'm not even going to guess why they're not playing Kendrick Nunn. I don't know if you guys have any idea.
0: Yeah, so apparently when he got back from uh the covid, his conditioning was just straight trash. Uh oh, okay. it, it was like really bad, so spoke okay. had kept him out of the lineup, but also against the Pacers, I just didn't think it was a good matchup deal. You saw way more of Kendrick Nunn against the bucks because they needed his size and athleticism to kind of help defend. So we saw Kendrick Nunn get a lot more playing time and maybe that also accounted for him actually going through the motions of all these practices and getting back into, you know, heat shape, because obviously we know heat shape is not the same as everyone else in the NBA. So there's a difference. Yeah, there's a a big difference. So what's um, your uh,
1: body fat percentage? (laughs)
0: Look, I'm not going to give the guy shit for being in
2: COVID shape, but uh, I'm not going to COVID shame a guy's body, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: they're
2: here to win. Um, So, uh, you know, a couple of things I was also looking at in what, what might make this team particularly great in these playoffs. And again, like we pointed out, Spolstra, it up in the playoffs career 622 versus 591 right so it's not like this guy doesn't turn it up right they're 44 and 29 another eight and one so how the hell is this happening right so in the regular season last last in shots last in shooting they took the fewest shots <laughs> they pay they play uh the sixth slowest pace um and they don't offensive rebound the ball they just don't do it as a philosophical matter. So they're not getting beat in transition. And I think we definitely saw that payoff in spades against the box. Like to get out and run and kind of disorganize you and let Giannis get in the open court. And he just don't give you that. Um, What else is it about this team that you guys think makes them particularly deadly in a playoff situation versus just a one-off on a regular Tuesday night, you know, back-to-back in Sacramento, something like that?
0: Well, for me, personally, I I think that the X factor of this entire playoff series and why we've been so successful uh, has been Jay Crowder. That that trade that we did, uh, sending Justice Winslow away and getting Jay Crowder and um, Andre Iguodala, uh really and Solomon Hill, I guess, I guess, uh, really changed our defense. I mean, especially towards the end of the games and especially against the bigger players. Jake Ryder has a lot of big size. He was covering Giannis nonstop all over the place. Same with Chris Middleton when Giannis was out. Uh, and I think just having those guys in there, that experience and just that determination and that hustle. I mean, one thing I'm going to tell you, if, even if it's a Tuesday night in Sacramento, uh, with Jimmy Butler on this team, nobody's going to be walking down the court. Same with Spo. Uh, th- this team is going to play as hard as they can every single night. And with the additions of these guys that have big size, wide wingspans and great athleticism, it's going to be hard to get around us. And if not, we switch off and any, anybody else can pick up the slack. I mean, obviously not Duncan Robinson. He's a huge defensive liability, but he makes up for it on the offensive side. Uh, but I just think that Jake Crowder himself has been such a key piece of this defense. And even the offense, man, the guy's been shooting lights out from three. Yes, yes. More than more than yes, Duncan yes. Robinson has, at least in this second round uh, against sure. the Bucks. So it's, I think... He, he is the reason why uh, towards the tail end, once we got into bubble playtime, it became a whole nother species of Miami Heat team than what we had in the beginning of the season, which was still great. And Jay Crowder, think, the X Factor. What do you say?
1: Big time. Uh, when they made that trade, like Iguodala was the one that everyone was talking about, but I've had my eye on Jay Crowder for a few years uh, and really liked the way that he plays and approaches the game, and I thought he was just going to be a great fit for the kind of ball that Miami plays. I think another aspect is uh, just, like, the adaptability. Like, so if one aspect of the team's game is, is, like, lagging, like in that first game against the Bucs, like, one, it's weird just seeing the Miami Heat being a three-point shooting team. That's just not (laughs) the Heat basketball that we kind of grew up watching but this year it is
2: it is the heat basketball now they were second in three point percentage and, and not by accident 38% as a team robinson 44.6% kelly olinick 40% hero 39 Dragic, 36 all those guys averaging better than 3 some 5 and 8 per game i mean crazy numbers
1: yeah and so when for example if that isn't clicking like in that first game uh like they were able to still kind of like bang it down low and get to the line and stuff like that with with Bam and Jimmy uh cuz lord knows Jimmy isn't contributing to that 3 point percentage uh mm-hmm. and and or you know if if you know the offense is getting a little sloppy and having a lot of turnovers like in the first quarter of game 5 against the bucks uh you know, they, they can really ratchet up that defense, which in turn kind of translates to tightening things up on offense. Um, And just like, yeah, I think just like the fact that they're able to, to kind of like adapt to whatever the game needs, even within the game, uh, just, you know, whereas where other teams simply can't, or at least, you know, certain, I mean, say what you will about uh, Boone freaking coach Bud, uh, but you know, it didn't seem like he was exactly making a lot of, adjustments until you know he didn't have his damn mvp in there and even then 100
0: 100 yes and,
2: it, and 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 at that point bud was drawing dead because middleton is a 50 40 90 shooter but not on that kind of usage yeah all of his numbers plummeted he becomes much less efficient
0: when he has to actually
2: carry the load i'm sorry and,
0: no well, i was i was i was gonna say that just from that first quarter like you were talking about they interviewed Phil right afterwards. And he was just like, we really want this, Uh, (laughs) you know, we're, we're excited, uh, but we know that we have to make these changes and slow it down and let, make them play our kind of basketball. And that's exactly you know, that's the kind of changes that make expose so great. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like, yo, let's slow down, everybody. Let's get together, huddle up after this first quarter. And you could just see the difference in basketball. And then once our shooting got going, then forget about it. Like, after that, the defense becomes easy because, like you said, Chris Middleton's not up for that kind of usage, but he still played great. I feel like he he definitely gave that team all he had the last games four and five. Um, And obviously, you know, game four, they got it. Game five, they didn't, but I mean, it was still, we still had to adjust. I felt like every time we game planned so hard for Giannis that once he got out the game, it was tough to figure it out uh, where we were going to attack them by. But once we knew he wasn't coming in for game five, I think that strategy changed and it was a little rough in the first quarter, but we tightened up and and obviously we're heading to the Eastern Conference. And,
1: final. and then, uh, so I think it was like in game two down the stretch, it was like six minutes left in the game and it was close. And, uh, the whoever's going play by play on that game uh, said, well, you know, it's at this point in the game that Milwaukee has to figure out who's going to be uh, the, the guy to take over the game for him at this point. It's like, isn't this a team with the MVP and defensive player of the year
2: on it? Yeah. Uh, shouldn't it be the two time defending <laughs> most valuable player in the league?
1: I think uh, that's, I think that's your guy. I think that that should be the guy. Uh, but also uh, uh, whereas in contrast it, it, down six minutes, uh, down the stretch of a game for the Heat, like you could be also be asking that same question, but in a positive light. Like, all right, who's it going to be? Who's going to, you know, is it, who's going to pop off? Because you know there's going to be someone that is going to, you know, be the guy down the stretch. Uh, and,
2: and and I'm sorry to cut in, Rich. That yeah. that for me is 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 really one of the most remarkable things about the Heat is that. A lot of people talk about in the playoffs, it slows down, there's less space. You know, it really comes down to who can make like a tough contested two-point jump shot. And when I look at the heat, what I see is a heck of a lot of guys that can make a two-point shot. Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, obviously Hero and Robinson. Jay Crowder, obviously better from three. But I mean, you trust these guys in a contested situation, when it comes to nut crunching time, you definitely trust these guys from anywhere on the floor, but especially in that like tight intermediate range. Right.
1: Even. And it, it tears me up to say that, to say this because Ozzie knows how much I don't like Kelly O, but even (laughs) like, there's been too many shots that he's taken where I start off saying, no, don't shoot that. You son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it and he goes in, and I'm like, ah, I guess it's fine. It's fine. But you're right. Like, he's also like, I don't know. This might just be some weird mental thing with me. But because of that, to me, he's more reliable than <laughs> I think he originally gets credit for. Uh, and another I feel thing. Like he
0: comes in, he comes in, sorry, real quick. Just he, he comes in when we're playing bad, like when we need yeah. him the most he's always there like when we're having a bad offensive streak somehow ko is the guy that will hit three pointers back to three three pointers back to back drive into the paint and make these ridiculous layups and and you know floaters you're like how the hell why are you taking oh yes go ko even though like you scream in agony but also like just excitement in the same sentence and I'm that's Ko in a nutshell for me. He's like, I hate him and I love him, all in one sentence. Sorry, I just had to get that out there.
1: Guys. Yeah, no, you're, <laughs> and the key word there was somehow. Yeah, somehow. Uh, you yeah. uh, someone was referencing that that first quarter in Game Five against the Bucks, uh, and the Heat were playing straight ass in that quarter, and so I had a podcast I had to record later that night, so I'm like, fuck it, let me just get a whack pack in while they're really just sucking hard on the court right now uh, so I get on the whack pack with tope and I'm bitching about the game this and that this and that and we have to rush because he's got to get back to work and stuff like that and uh and I tell him like if we come back to the game and like they're up you know we got to get back on <laughs> on instagram right <laughs> <laughs> and so like we sign off and I turn the game on and we're up by like eight I'm just like tope tope get on now <laughs> uh speaking of which uh happy birthday to tope out this will of course be the day after his birthday but happy birthday bud
2: happy birthday, happy tope. birthday tope
1: i'm assuming you'll he's be younger than
2: me <laughs> you'll always be younger and more attractive than me um <laughs> so um you know I feel like I've been shooting a lot of numbers out at you guys. There was just one other one that made me fly out of my head today when I saw it, and um, that is that per BasketballReference.com, the number one website on Earth, Duncan Robinson, because of what a dead eye shooter Duncan Robinson is, he has added 189 points for the Heat over league average based on how good he is at just shooting field goals, 189. Jesus. The next closest player on the heat is bam with 46. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> so I saw that number.
2: I saw that number and it made me kind of just double take for a second. I was like, wow, Duncan Robinson seems particularly efficient as a shooter, which is a not terribly astute observation, obviously. Um <laughs> Cause any idiot could see that, but I sort of said like, like how remarkable is he? So I looked at the list, the league leaders in, in, it just points added based on, on, on their shooting percentage. So you gotta be thinking, right. Centers guys that just shoot the ball from two inches away. Very close to the yep You'd be right because the list goes Duncan Robinson, number one, <laughs> number two, Rudy Gobert. Then Giannis, Mitchell Robinson, Hassan Whiteside, and a bunch of other centers. Dwight Howard makes an appearance. The next shooter is Seth Curry.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: Also about 10 other guys. So uh, Duncan Robinson is exponentially better at shooting than, it seems, any other player in basketball at this point. And, again, not a terribly, like, revelatory observation, but to see the numbers behind that was, was shocking at how much better he is.
1: Uh, also, he said, uh, Hassan, who I'm having a faint <laughs> memory of of somebody with the close name playing for the oh. Heat.
0: Saying that he we didn't have shooters collected. Yeah. Pretty sure he said we didn't have shooters or that he had shooters finally in his yeah. new location.
1: Yeah, which he has. He has a couple. He had a couple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couldn't tell uh, you because they're not playing anymore, but. Oh, but no, yeah, you're right, man. Duncan Robinson has been unreal. I'm pretty sure he had at least like three or four games this season where he floated close to 10 three pointers made per game. So that's like, that's pretty sick. Uh, Him like him trying to beat that record. I think he tied it uh, for most threes uh, in a game made. Uh, So it's just, and what's exciting to me, man, is that this is just year two. Like we have him for another two years without really having to spend big money just yet. Uh, and this team at the whole core of this team, we have for at least another two to four years, you know, we're going to take care of them. I'm assuming once we figure out this free agency situation, so we can kind of work it all in together, but this core of a team pending Luca stays away from freaking Goran and Dragic, And so does Jokic. get away from him. They keep hanging out, taking pictures in the bubble, all these Slovenian dudes kicking it all the time. Like leave him the fuck alone. He doesn't want to hang out with you. He needs to be drinking his <laughs> Ultras with Jimmy Butler stay away <laughs> he's ours <laughs> so um but pending him also he's going to be a big free uh, free agent piece that we need to keep because true point guard is one thing that I do really think that this team lacks uh obviously Hero will get there um but he's he, I was gonna I just, say the
2: ball handling from, yeah, from Hero has been really yeah, impressive
0: he, he'll get there but I feel like Goran is better is a better floor general um, for lack of better words, and he he attacks the rim. He's one of the best at attacking the rim in the NBA, even at his small stature. So um, I, I I think that I think that as long as we keep this team together, man, we're gonna be people are gonna be scared of us for at least the next four years. So that's exciting to me.
2: It is an excellent core. It is a team that uh, you know folks are gonna have to pay attention to for a long time. I mean, even if you just look at like Adibio, Non, Hero, and Robinson, I mean. No one in that group is over what twenty six, twenty five. Robinson's twenty five is the oldest I was one. I he's the. Old, well, he
0: has yeah. to be the oldest one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he would be the <laughs> old man of that young core. I mean, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: the, and that isn't even you know to mention guys like Justice Winslow, whose name hasn't even come up on this spot.
0: But uh, he actually tweeted, you know, shout yeah. out to the Miami Heat for making the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I, I saw I, that. I, 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 <laughs> I, I gave it a little heart. I was like, oh. Yeah. I can't believe they were able to, oh my
2: God, (laughs) how they were able to dump it. Anyway. Um, So where do you see this, this, this team's ceiling being? Uh, I know that we are, or are we still, we are still awaiting uh, their opponent in the Eastern conference finals. uh, Yeah. I just got the,
1: I just got the notification that the Raptors uh, won in double overtime against the Celtics.
0: Dude. So I've had it on the background while we've been talking that you guys need to watch the highlights of this game. This is like probably the best playoff game ever <laughs> that I just finished witnessing. Uh, but the Raptors sure know forced the game seven. And that gives us more than a week off of time. And then, let, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to be well-rested. And these guys look gas in this in game. And this was only game six. So they have a whole nother one to go. Whoever is coming out of that series is definitely uh, not going to be where we're at, at least physically. They're obviously very talented teams playing as well, but um, yeah. It's exciting. Sorry, where were we going with that? The ceiling. <laughs> the ceiling.
2: I think we were. Uh, I think we were just about to uh, agree that they're going to win the East, weren't
1: we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, Ozzy, you talked me into it. Twist my arm. <laughs> um.
0: I hate to be a homer about this because both those teams are very good. If I had to choose, I'd, I'd want to play the Raptors over the Celtics. I feel like the, the guard play and, and just the Celtics are super young too. That core is hella young as well. Uh, Marcus Smart was first team, all defense, uh, you know, that, that they're going to be super tough. Brad Stevens being, you know, one of the great minds of the NBA who can adjust and do all these things as well. So I personally rather face the Raptors uh, and, you know, the, People didn't even think we'd be here, so I think we're already broke through the roof. You know what I'm saying? So I, um, I, I, I hope we can take it. You know, sooner elected, but obviously, maybe six to seven games against these one of these two teams coming out of the East is going to be uh, what I would assume.
1: Yeah, I, I'll, for for the storyline purposes, I really would like to play the defending champs, and if we are going to make it to the uh, to the to the NBA Finals. I would love to see it be through the defending champs. Um, Long term, you know, Ozzy were just kind of laying out what the the window was uh, with with this young core. And I think it would like for for the state of the Eastern Conference itself. I would really love to see Miami, and I think it, the other team would be Boston be, to be like the two head honchos of the the Eastern I was just Conference. And you know, just every every year, you know, you know, sent like just them duking it out in the Eastern Conference Finals, and and you know, I mean, the teams have a history together, you know, from the last decade, and you know, stuff like that's just ingrained in the DNA of the team itself. You put on that those colors, and and something comes out of you. I don't know who knows, but I, those are two teams with a very very uh, uh, healthy. Competitiveness, Uh and I just love to see those two be the the, the two head honchos. And I was trying to think about who who else it could be. You know, you got the Raptors. They got a good core. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, I think it's going to be falling Boston. Apart. I think
2: it's got to be Boston and Miami. Well, it's got to be, be Boston and Miami.
1: It has to be. I agree. The only other team that kind of came to mind was Brooklyn, just because. You know, Durant was out this year, so we all just kind of forgot about Brooklyn. But who knows what Durant's going to be. Also, you have Kyrie on that team. And I've never been a fan of Kyrie Irving. And he he just doesn't scream championship to me, even though he does have one. Um,
2: yeah, he did, he did happen to win one on that shot in Game 7. Yeah. That, that one time.
1: That one time. That one time. That that and one also, time he did
2: win the finals yeah.
1: run
0: also blocked uh, Igadala from cross court uh, to
2: save the game too so it was pretty good yeah, yeah. so <laughs> turns out those guys are both pretty good players
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, if they could stay healthy and or out of their own way. Um, yeah, and plus, the
0: Knicks aren't going to be good for the next twenty years anyway. So maybe, maybe forever, not, not necessarily twenty years. I don't want to give them too much credit. So that rivalry's dead. <laughs> well, the Heat also have
2: the enormous benefit of playing in the Southeast Division with uh, with, with such franchises, my lord, as uh, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, the uh, the Orlando Magic, um, and uh, the Wizards are there. The Wizard, I, I mean, my goodness, what a. <laughs> What a what a rogues gallery they have to play four times, or is it is it four times or six times a year they play each other? My God!
1: So um, basically, the the Heat are to the the Southeast Division as uh, the Patriots are to the AFC East.
2: <laughs> the problem is uh, the Heat are a Western Conference team. They're just in the wrong. are in the wrong yeah. spot. Yeah, they're a much much too competently run team to be in the East. <laughs> if you really think about it, the issue with all these all these East teams, you know, the folks are like, man, the Bulls and the Knicks, they just suck all the time. And there's all these other teams that can't get out of their own way. Like the Magic are never really good, and Cleveland sucks when they don't have LeBron. Right. It's like all the yeah, Philly sucks a lot of time on purpose. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just all it's just all these teams that are just trash basically except for the raptors and the heat and it's just really like okay the heat are just a competently run organization and it's nothing magic about the west it's just that's where the smart owners are right that's where you got all these guys that have just kept their teams in, in the playoffs by like leaving their coaches alone and letting them do their thing
1: yeah san antonio dallas
2: there, yeah yeah teams like that but uh yeah you know the heat are certainly uh certainly in that same vein of just uh give the smart people the keys and let them drive the car amen <laughs> so um one thing that you mentioned earlier uh rich is that you thought the heat were maybe uh, a bit lucky this year they got some fortune i wanted you to maybe uh, expand on that you know except for health really where is it that they've gotten lucky to get here i think they've just gotten here by like being who they are more or less am i well, wrong
1: i was mostly just referring to uh injuries for the other teams uh in the playoffs um okay but, that, yeah, that's mostly what I was really referring to. Um Because really when you just look at, especially when you look at, like, every player transaction and move in the last three years, every single one of them has just been, like, so deliberate. Because we did, you know, after the big three broke up and then, you know, Bosch had to retire, like, we, we kind of, like, were just left to the wind, like, not really knowing what to do for Tyler Johnson got paid a lot of money. You know, Signed we were just, tragic. <laughs> I mean, the Drogic deal is like when we he traded. Didn't get for to play, him.
0: Yeah, he didn't even get to play with Bosch and Wade. Well with Wade, yeah, but not with Bosch. That that trio probably could have done some decent work together. But
1: yeah. you know and everything that we had to trade to get him and all that stuff. Like, you know, we weren't necessarily in the best position, but literally everything that we've done in the last two and a half, three years to like get to exactly where we are right now nothing short of 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 impressive you know like uh uh, tony you brought up justice winslow earlier and i can't tell you how many times i would i would just be monologuing to people who didn't care what i was talking about uh about agonizing whether or not i think that we should trade justice winslow to, to san antonio or not uh which i thought would also be a good fit for him uh you know but then you know point justice comes along but then eventually we do trade him and I don't, man, just all the different things, all the the little little things, like uh, 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 oh god, uh, freaking Josh uh, Richardson, Richardson. Uh, yep. you know, yep. trading him,
0: uh, and we didn't want to. No, <laughs> Philly no, definitely he was damn made that a piece for
1: us. Yeah, yep. And it just goes to show, like, oh yeah, it's there's really not too too much to talk about when. The actual people in charge of making these decisions are smarter than the people calling into the sports talk shows
2: and the people hosting the sports talk shows. Well, yeah, we'll just let that one sit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, uh, I think we all see the Heat uh contending for many many years to come. Uh, probably gonna get a lot of mashups with Boston, probably gonna see a lot of you know Jalen. And uh, Jason Tatum going up against uh hero and dunk and bam. And those guys for uh, years to come. Uh, so how many more rings would you like to see the heat have before, say the end of this decade, just ballpark number.
1: I'm not, this is a, I'm not falling for this trap. You're laying a trap right now. <laughs> for real. Uh, I'm
2: just going to say Rich, all of them.
3: Rich, <laughs> I, will, I will not admit.
2: I will not admit that this entire podcast has been a trap and a jinx. Uh, <laughs>
1: well i'm not gonna say so two i'm so not gonna say three a second time four not five not six not six <laughs> no i'm telling you it will not, not be seven. six it will not be six or
2: seven. <laughs> definitely not six just so we're clear uh,
1: uh
2: not I, I until do, they get luca
1: i do find that like mighty interesting uh you know, you you also mentioned Luca. I don't know that we would get Luca. I would love to see Luca stay where he is because uh, I mentioned this before. Uh, Osman and I have decided and decreed that the Heat and the Mavs have to meet in the finals at least once a decade.
2: At once least a decade, once a decade, every decade. Yes, yep, at least. <laughs> Last time we got it out of the way early, twenty eleven. Uh, so this <laughs> so time we're it due. may it may take a couple of years. Yeah, it may yeah. it may take maybe two three years for us to get there.
1: Yeah which you got? You guys, be feeling, I don't think
2: it'll take that long.
1: You got to be feeling, I was going to say, we'll be waiting muddy for Mighty fine about Luca.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. If we can just kind of detour to Luke for just a quick <laughs> off-ramp second. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's incredibly exciting, you know, to see a guy like that do everything he did uh, in the playoffs. Um, and that's, uh, I guess that's really all, all I have to say about it because I don't want to, I don't want to pull this too far away from the heat. Obviously this is a heat podcast, but uh, holy cow, Luca.
0: Well, and, to, to uh, pray for on. modern science for Porzingis' knees. Well, wow. <laughs>
2: now this is where I have to do uh,
3: the Mavs fan gun.
2: Hang on, hang on,
0: Ozzy.
3: These
2: are these are all these are all contact injuries. He's not just running down the court; his knees going out, right? This is guys like like falling into his legs. Sorry, and Rich, stuff I like had
3: that. To. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know you.
1: This is the I know second you had to. I appreciate it. He- this is the second time I've had to hear that, that spiel in, what, four days? <laughs> about
2: contact knee injuries? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've heard the whole thing about contact knee injuries. And, uh, you've got an ass full of it.
1: To, to draw uh, a line fr- from Luca to Jimmy, uh, something I think that's that's great to see about Luca that Jimmy had the effect of uh, effect on coming to Miami was like influencing the play and the players around him. Like I feel like Jimmy's been wandering this this landscape that was the NBA for for th- 4 years now trying to find the team that fits his psychopathic personality. And, you know, like, we got to get out of Chicago because it's just it's just not, you know, balls to the wall enough. Oh, I'm back in Minnesota, or I'm in Minnesota, back with Tibbs. And he's going to, nope, not really going to be what I'm looking for either. Let me just take on the entire first team in a p- scrimmage. Uh, then we get and to Philly. Them. Yeah, and beat them. <laughs> and talk the entire time. Then we get to Philly. And turns out they're just as soft as all their cream cheese. And the cheese was that they put on their cheese steaks and all the cheese. Boy, also want to talk about Philly cheese. Dion Waiters was another thing we had to navigate. It (laughs) was this season. Thank you, Memphis. Thank you, Memphis. (laughs) It was this season that Dion Waiters woke up from a flight high as fuck from an edible. I've done that before. I've done that before at a certain person's bachelor party where I took an edible, passed out, woke up, and went like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) So I I, I get it, but I didn't freak out. Uh, This is also the same season that Dion Waiters called in sick and then Instagrammed on a boat later. (laughs) All the same season. These are obstacles. These are character-making moments. We had to overcome forged. (laughs) Anyway, this
2: is where champions are forged is in the fire of waking up on a plane way too high on an edible.
1: (laughs) The fire of just having to deal with Dion waiters. Uh but yeah, but exactly just the
2: day-to-day fire.
1: Yes. But the comparison that I'm making is that Jimmy came in and finally found a fit to him, and the team found a, a fit to them and and what they the what they wanted to run and that had an effect on the players and as 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 a result you see players like not taking plays off and never giving up and this and that and for like the mavericks and luca like you got players just kind of like playing above their their head and with like a, a a confidence that you know it was just like there's too much confidence being produced by Luca secreting off of his body. And so it's just like, it's Luca's secret stuff is what it is. <laughs> it's what I'm getting at.
2: It just comes out of his pores. Uh, it's actually, uh, the stuff that he, uh, uses to make his hair do that. Um, <laughs> so. No, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's been an incredibly, uh, exciting season. Um, one of the things that you brought up, um, that I wanted to go back off of Luca for a minute, um, was about Jimmy and kind of how he's bounced around a bit. And, uh, you and I were talking, uh, off air rich about, uh, you know, just, just what an interesting guy Jimmy is. And that sort of like, is it him or is it the scenarios that he's been in? Because he hasn't been with like the most functional teams had, you know, kind of the most, uh, Uh, Try hard type teammates, let's say. Um, A lot of those guys at the Bulls, uh, not necessarily those types. Well, the Sixers, we obviously saw those cats. Um, So, is it the case of kind of Jimmy's reputation for being an asshole? Isn't isn't wrong? Uh, Jimmy wasn't wrong about all that stuff, but it's true that he is just an asshole, Um, just like Walter in uh, the Big Lebowski. Right? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. That's kind of what Jimmy is, right? He's not wrong about all this in all this like intensity, getting in guys' faces, getting in guys' head stuff. Um, but he is just hard to deal with. Would you say?
1: Yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of Whiplash uh, a little bit. And, oh yeah. And you know, it's like you you d- like the fact of the matter is you don't have to be an asshole to achieve greatness. Uh, you know, you do have to be disciplined and determined, and you do have to, you know, uh, hold others accountable and be held accountable at the same time. <clears throat> uh, Butler's just wired a little differently, you know, uh, whether it be like you know, his upbringing uh, or just like having gone through and the frustrations of just like wanting to be around people that won't, like outwardly want it as much as you do and want to put in the sweat equity as much as you do um you know some some people don't have to do that as much because they're just naturally more gifted or they go about it in other ways uh you know these past few years i kind of like for his journey i kind of um you know it's 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 kind of like dating it's like you're trying to find the person that best like suits your situation and you suit their situation you know and were some of those uh, relationships along the way a little abusive you know yeah they were bad they were bad relationships
3: yeah
2: and Um, and and honestly
1: i'm not liking this analogy anymore so i'm just gonna stop so jimmy's been looking for pat riley his entire life is that what you're telling us rich
0: (laughs) well well listen i like like rich said like jimmy jimmy wasn't a lottery pick. Jimmy was the last pick in the first round. He's had to fight for everything he's gotten since he's gotten into the league. And, you know, obviously, and before that he was, he was homeless that. as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Chicago, Chicago, I'm still convinced that Pat Riley let Dwayne Wade go just to get in his ear to let him know, Hey man, you know, four years from now, you know, you're coming over here now, but either way, I'm just kidding. Uh, But it's like Rich said, he's going to places where people just don't, aren't hungry. Like he was, Uh, you had a lot of immature young guys in Minnesota. You go to Philly and it's the same case scenario with two guys fighting to be the star of the same team and not really giving in to the whole team mantra. And then coming down here, I don't consider him necessarily to be an asshole down here. I just think everybody's on the same page as him down here. So it like it, It's just like he doesn't need to be calling people out and saying, let's go one-on-one, bitch. Let me place me against all five of you. Let's do this. No, because everybody's going to take it to him and challenge him the way he challenges them to make each other better. And that's just been the way this Heat team has been you know, for as long as I can remember, uh, famously, even in the finals, when Dwayne Wade had to just take a step back and be like, you know what? You're the better player, LeBron lead our team. And it, and it was seamless after that for the most part. So Danny Green, decided he was the best three point shooter of all time. Patty mills and all this bullshit. Uh, but, um, Back to Jimmy. Like I just feel like he's finally in a place where where everyone's on the same page as him. They want to win. And they're not with the bullshits. Aside, you know, from maybe some of the younger cats that like to do their thing. Jimmy doesn't go out. He says that he wakes up every day at three to four in the morning and he practices and he does these things. Like that's just his routine. He's not a type to go out partying and and live that lavish NBA lifestyle like James Harden and other guys do that live in strip clubs and show up to games smell like booze like that's just not Jimmy he came here with a goal and he everyone in here was young and hungry just like him so it just molded together so when when people bring up the asshole comment for him he had to be that way to try to get people to try to win with him he wanted you to be on, on his level of you know dominance and He's finally got that here. So I don't I don't think he's just trying to work hard and find people to work hard with him. And that's that's my take on on who he is as a person. Uh, he may be. Well, he's definitely probably psychotic for sure. Um, seeing him on the bench, screaming at himself, saying, you know, uh, what I tell you guys. Um, speaking to himself, again, don't we have some motherfuckers who can ball on this team? Say I'm right. Say I'm right. I'm fucking right. And he's saying that to himself and he's not talking to anybody. So, so, so uh, <laughs> just knowing that intensity and that, you know, psychoticness for the greater part of the team is there is something I'll vouch for him any day for, you know, fuck. Yeah. Be crazy. As long as we're crazy winning together.
2: I think, uh, I think it's fair to say we are all very happy for Jimmy that uh, he's finally found the match that he was looking for for his whole basketball life. <laughs> he, Pat Riley gets to hold hands across a room now and look at each other and talk about how great it is to try winning. Um, so, you know, I think it's true. You know, it's uh, he isn't necessarily an asshole. I think uh, you guys are right. Uh, you know, it's more he's, he's he's a very particular type of type of guy. Intense, I think is probably the right word. Yeah. Not an asshole. Intense.
1: Uh, I could see... With all the
2: people in his head. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd love to see a, uh, a version of being John Malkovich that's just being Jimmy Butler. Uh, I don't know if I got that reference right. I haven't seen that movie. Um, anyway.
3: <laughs> oh, good flick. Good flick.
1: <laughs> I think it just got on Hulu. I gotta watch it. Um, yeah, it's good. I could see... Uh, Jimmy watching the press conference that Pat Riley gave after what would be LeBron's last game as a Miami Heat player, uh, having talked with LeBron. Uh, so I don't think the press conference was right after the game. It was it was a few days after. But having talked with LeBron and talking about what he told him and, and, and that being, this isn't easy. You know, you... You stay, you come back, you work on what you need to work on. You get better. You improve as a team. This isn't easy. It's going to be hard. And, and you got to stick through it. And I could see Jimmy just watching that going like, yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let
3: go.
0: As he whips up his coffee creamer by himself, you know, he's just doing his things. <laughs> I agree though, man. I, I think he, he's, he's clearly uh, the perfect person to be leading the team we have now. And and the best part about it is, is if we do, you know, all these rumors, speculating Giannis coming to Miami. If we do, I, Jimmy could be such a facilitator anyways. He, he's never been known to being a 40 point, a guy night anyway. So he can be that guy to really help, you know, facilitate any kind of basketball, be a Passer. If he needs to drive, he will, and that just makes the team so much better. That there's no need for, as you pointed out, Tony. Everybody on this team, six players are in double digits in the playoffs. Like, like that's unheard of, and and none of them are over 20 points. I know in the in the playoff series itself, I know Jimmy and Goran have been over 20. Uh, but. Other than that, like the rest of these guys are in the mid-teens and, and it just shows the distribution is just fucking awesome. There's nobody that's clearly scoring 60 at night. Like Giannis would go up for 40 points at night and, you know, the next best person, Middleton, is scoring like 17. You know, like that doesn't happen here on a daily basis at least. I mean, when it happens and, you know, when Jimmy needs to, I guess we get there. But uh, it, it's just, I feel like anybody who comes into this puzzle, we have to be smart about who we get, obviously. But I think they can fit in no matter what type of
1: player they, they are. And that's the thing. You don't come to Miami for the stats. Like there's always, there's always rumors swirling around Miami heat, Twitter and whatnot about who may or may not be joining the heat boys. Uh, And I think one of the bigger obstacles that the heat have in free agency is the fact that if you join the team, your stats aren't going to increase. It's likely they're going to decrease. And a player that actually buys into that and understands why that would be happening. I think that's like a great way of weeding out like the players that wouldn't be a good fit for the team.
2: Yes. And, you know, very much on that point, you guys were talking about, you know, Jimmy doesn't have to press, but he can. And the heat win both ways, you know, just in that series against the bucks in game 1 he went for 40 obviously and they won the game the next game he went for 13 and they still won yeah and the next game he went for 30 and they won again and the next game he went for 17 it's you know he's he's all over the place but the heat still win and it's and it's because they have this crazy balanced roster like that that and just any guy that can make that that huge shot even a rookie or old or bam or you know name your guy crowder yeah, the Mavs drafted him. The Mavs <laughs> drafted Crowder and they traded him in the Rondo deal.
3: For God's sake. Ooh, Sick.
1: the Rondo deal. Those, I know. Are those some of the darkest days of, of, of the Rayjean Rondo career? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we can move on. You don't have they to are
2: the. They are the yeah, darkest days. Yeah. <laughs> the darkest days.
1: I have another question that's actually pertinent to what's happening right now. Um. And more. This is more so. Just curious about y'all's opinion. These this season as a whole and this championship will it deserve an asterisk, or conversely, will it deserve a gold star for having been a more difficult championship to achieve?
0: I was I was just about to say I I, I almost interrupted you there. I was like, if anything, this is. This is the best basketball we've seen like at least for me in in the longest time. Every team is playing such great ball. This is hands down and it's neutral territory for everyone. This is going to be one of the hardest championships to win. Like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is LeBron's year to skate to the championship." No, absolutely not. I feel like everybody has the level playing field to play and this is one of the hardest for sure NBA championships that we're going to see in a long time. So, gold star that this was the hardest one. Give me three trophies in one if I had to describe it any better way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh,
0: I think it's one of those things that, that, that maybe
2: cuts both ways. Um, especially for a team like the like Heat. um, you know, Osmond was, was saying, you know, how much better they've been in the bubble. Obviously uh, there's not, you know, all that pressure. Um, you know, the heat are pretty, uh, used to playing in, uh, gyms that are, let's say less than full, um, at least for the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, but, For a lot of these teams, you know, it's the same gym, uh, the sight lines are all the same, you're not having to travel, guys are coming in fresh almost every time, even though they're playing every 48 hours, Uh, but while we're getting rid of all that kind of external stuff around the basketball court, all the external stuff outside the basketball court is so much more intense than it's ever been for these guys, Um, almost probably without question this is the hardest time that it's been for, for probably almost all of us, but especially for these guys. And given that kind of everybody is going through that, is that a leveler or, you know, does that, uh, you know, expose, you know, certain guys as, as, you know, being kind of, you know, mentally tougher or whatever, you know, is this where we, you know, find out that, You know, the the mental fortitude of a Jimmy Butler is so much greater than the mental fortitude of a guy like Paul George. And that's why they win. And It's not just that Paul George has always sucked and that Jimmy's always been good, which is a (laughs) fact. So I kind of went off the rails there, but um, I think it cuts (laughs) a little bit of both ways.
0: As Jimmy Butler said, uh, this is a business trip. He didn't invite any family, any friends. Uh, he's like, "What's another couple months going to do? We've already been gone this long. This is a business trip, and we have our goal." Uh, so that's all I got to say about that whole thing. Uh, and 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 it truly shows uh, on the court and off the court uh, how. You know great the team is because they're all focused in that same manner too, you know so i i I definitely think it 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 might be I mean it was cool to see like Fred van family come in and he sees his kids for the first time in months, and it's cute whatever uh but you know this is business man we're here to win a championship and and I think that if everybody gets in that ultimate mindset, we're gonna see the best basketball we've ever seen period so that's that's my take on it rich what, what about you?
1: yeah a uh, gold star all the way um for for literally all the reasons that you both just said i've been thinking about that a lot lately and yeah yeah there's just so many so many never before have you had to, uh, obstacles that you've never had to deal with ever before you know um in, in all different aspects and yeah so i don't know um yeah yeah, I'm just so happy and excited.
2: One more question <laughs> that I wanted to, uh, to get in for you guys is, uh, this, this bubble has obviously been a, uh, unique experience. Uh, let's hope that it stays a unique experience and does not recur. Um, uh, but what are some of your, your favorite memories that you'll take away from the bubble? Ozzy, uh, you mentioned Fred Van Vlisi and his family for the first time in months. Um, how about, you know, some more of the basketball specific moments. What are some of the ones that you guys are going to carry forward?
0: Uh, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead.
1: I mean, you definitely got, uh, the Suns going eight and zero, and them just experiencing a little bit of joy for a franchise that doesn't get much of it. Uh, you got the run that Dame was on, uh, was just great to follow. And, you know, it was a great way to, to spark interest in the seeding games, uh, which arguably for, for a lot of teams just didn't have any bearing whatsoever, uh, much less did people need to watch them. No, but spark some interest and it was nice. And it's, it you know, I've always just been a fan of Dame uh, in general, um, you know, how could you it, not? It brought back shotgunning beers, uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm grateful amazing. for, <laughs> especially since that we couldn't do it this year on 4th of July in Tony's backyard this <sighs> year. So that was just nice to see, you know? Yeah.
0: Ozzy. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so all those things obviously were awesome. Uh, also seeing like Luca magic kind of just showing that he is that next echelon of like, superstar in the NBA for you, especially as a Mavericks fan, I'm sure that had to be amazing to watch, but showing like, like, man, and they got, they got robbed of a few games too. So I I just feel like just, they just showing like how, how amazing this player is going to become, you know, and, and and it's, it's interesting, man. It, it, It was, it was such cool basketball, um, to To be able to witness that as well, uh, so that that was one takeaway. Along with the you know, shotgunning beers and Myers Leonard once again, Miami Heat champion for shotgunning beers, he was the fastest and best one to do it. That was uh, incredible so that was seeing cool. him do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Luca like performance from Myers Leonard
3: <laughs>
2: taking that beer
0: down. I want to give that and a I nice bang, do, You know.
3: <laughs> bang, bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and obviously you know who would have thought the Miami Heat were gonna go eight and one and, and be the only team to only lose one playoff game while everyone else is still in the midst of their series is like um that's that's something I mean we took down back-to-back MVP number one team overall best defense in the NBA best record team in the NBA we took them out in a gentleman's sweep like holy shit that is awesome. <laughs> you know, that's that's something I'll remember forever. Hopefully we have have a title to match it. That's that's still to be seen. But yeah, man, this this bubble was definitely one for the books for sure.
1: Eight games away, man. Eight, eight wins away. Wins. Eight wins away.
2: You that's the question, Osmond, You know, who would have thought the Heat would be eight and one at this point? I think the only real answer to that question is the Miami Heat were probably the only people that thought that they'd be eight and
0: one. <laughs> Hundred percent. Although David Jacoby apparently he's been retweeting himself from July, saying he saw this happening all along, over and over and over again. Uh, but other did he than do that- the thing
2: where like, where like you tweet all of the outcomes and then you just like delete the ones that didn't happen? And you say, Aha! See, I predicted
3: it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just keep seeing him retweeting the same exact video of him calling this series in July uh, that it was going to be tough for the Bucks and the Heat were going to win. So. Which isn't well.
1: incredibly unfounded, because going back to the regular season, the Heat played the Bucks in ways that the rest of the league straight up just couldn't. Uh,
2: yeah, they beat their ass. Yeah. They beat their ass.
1: So even in regular times, I honestly don't think the result would have been terribly different. There may have been a few more games played, but I still would have been confident in the Heat coming out of that that series the victors. They didn't Um, want
0: us. We were a terrible matchup for them.
1: They didn't want us at all.
2: Yeah. No, true. Well, gentlemen, uh, have we exhausted our, our heat gush? Have we had our heat gasm? Is all of the warmth expelled from your body for the moment?
1: Uh, I need a cigarette. Yeah. I, (laughs) I uh i i just properly replicated a heat geyser uh for the last hour plus so i'm feeling all right yeah
0: i definitely feel great thank you guys obviously uh for hitting me up for this because it's it's great especially because we're we're far apart it's cool to see you know heat nation chicago representing and having the same excitement as us down here in florida yes sir yes sir
1: uh well, I'm just uh, heat aside. As as you said, Tony, you might even be getting to this. I don't know if you're wrapping up or going to get to it or whatnot. But as far as the 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 Western Conference goes, who's coming out? I'm gonna go ahead and put my money on Los Angeles. There's
0: two of them.
2: I think that's a good place uh-huh. to put it. <laughs> It's a team from Staples Center.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Plus, uh, the Marlins are down twenty-two to eight, and it's only the sixth inning, bro. So that's the, what we got going for f- us.
3: Bro, <laughs> what are you doing?
0: Are you talking about Marlins games? <laughs> yeah. Out of here, man! <laughs>
1: literally, literally, no one cares. <laughs> uh, literally,
2: no one cares. The Marlins uh, saw their gate increase <laughs> when they shut the doors <laughs> it cost them more to put the game on because they had to pay the concession people and to clean the bathrooms and shit and now they're just like oh fuck it we just closed the stadium it's great <laughs> they're clearing a lot more money right now i that,
1: <laughs> you're gonna be the only mlb team to come out on in the in the uh in the black somehow
2: uh so, to seriously address your question, Rich, um, I was, I was, I was going to try to make this just kind of heat focused, but I'm, I, you know, obviously, I'm happy to talk about the Western Conference. I'm happy to guess about the Western Conference and how awesome it is. <laughs> uh, got to take uh, Los Angeles, and uh got to take the Clippers. They're so much deeper. They're so much deeper than the Lakers. I don't know. Saw the Clippers uh, against Dallas, of course, for six games. Dallas played them really tough, but the Clippers are incredibly hard to beat. They have a lot of different ways they can kill you. Uh, They shoot well. They defend, obviously, like crazy. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George, but uh, just Kawhi Leonard, my God. The things he can do when he really locks in, uh, Mm -hmm. which isn't super often, but when he does, I don't know that there's anybody better. I don't know that even LeBron is better right at this moment.
0: Uh, he, he's, he's playing next level basketball and the dude, this is year 17. He's still dunking with his head over the rim. Uh, oh, I know. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's hard for me to bet against LeBron. Um, I think it's probably going to be the Lakers coming out of the West. Um, I mean, both teams are stellar and it wouldn't be shocking uh, for either of them. Uh, but I think it is going to be LeBron coming out of the West. Uh, excuse me, the and... Lakers coming out of the West.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Talking about Freudian slips. Huh? Yeah, really. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: uh, so then losing to the Heat in the finals, or what do you call them there?
1: I mean, I wasn't going to bring up, you know, the poetry of the Heat playing LeBron in the finals or anything like that. And I still won't. So I'm not going to answer that. Osmond, please say something.
0: Uh, I don't want to either. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, you guys are just done taking the bait.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: just totally done taking the jigs bait.
1: Are you? Uh, well, do you not have a bounty of of all the <laughs> the hooks that we just threw ourselves onto? Uh,
2: I, I think there's enough out there. I think there's enough gushing and gloating and oh my gosh, the future and uh, it's not quite the level of you know not three, not four, not five, but uh, it's pretty good. I'm glad it's on tape.
1: I mean. Yes, so Miami fans in general can absolutely be irrational, absolutely. Uh, but I don't even think I would have accepted the invitation to do this uh, to the extent that we have if I didn't think that a lot of it was super grounded and justifiable. Um, you know, and 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 you know, things in the NBA as as well run as an organization as you may have. Things in the NBA do you know, can very often be fleeting. And so you got to celebrate it while you can. Is this a little early? No, because we haven't said anything about any other outcomes at the end of the season that may occur. And I'm not even going to invoke the names of whatever those are called series or trophies or whatever. I won't do it. I can't do it. I won't take the bait. This is where I draw the line. But this, well, this, this felt good. And it felt fucking justified. God damn it.
0: Oh, yeah. And just to take us to that next step, uh, Tyler Hero is the first human being born in the 2000s to reach the NBA Conference Finals. And did you know uh, the age when these other greats or goats, uh, I should say, uh, Michael Jordan made his first Conference Finals at 26, LeBron James 22, Tyler Hero at 20. So uh, the future's bright, baby. The future go- is bright. <laughs> Baby, go bat.
2: Say, it, Osmond, we got to throw water on this man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fire
0: <laughs> we got a fire extinguisher.
1: We I got so far without getting ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I just had to. I just had to end it there. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be a
2: blank slate unless there was some ridiculous pronouncement. <laughs> Uh, well guys, uh, do we have any, uh, any, any parting thoughts on these heat? I'm, I, I, don't think I'm going to bait you into saying that they're definitely going to beat either, uh, the Lakers or the Clippers in the finals this year. So, um, <laughs> I don't know any, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, sign this one off?
0: Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. Um, I guess, uh, should we do some shout outs and stuff like that? Uh, Well, yeah,
2: I was going to, obviously I was going to ask you, you know, plug your podcast and whatnot.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Other than that, from the heat, no, I mean, we we have, uh, you know, an exciting road ahead of us. Like Rich said, still eight more games, eight more W's that we have to, that we have to overcome. Uh, But it's still, well, you can still be excited. I know I am clearly, uh, it's been a fun ride so far and I I can't wait to see uh, how far we can get. I'm excited for you guys rich
1: it feels good it just feels good it also it feels good that there's just you know it's just so pure it's just so pure this team is pure
2: the ball's going in they're having fun amen <laughs> all right guys uh let's go ahead and wrap it up uh osmond would you uh let the people know where they can hear more of you
0: uh yeah so uh have podcast called the circle of slime pod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, circle of slime pod, Twitter, uh, circle of slime, uh, Regular tag is uh, Ozzy's Life for Twitter and Instagram as well if you want to see what I'm up to. Don't post too much, but it's always a good time, at least in the stories, when we get to send all the uh, awesome memes. Jimmy Butler with his cigar in his mouth in Miami hanging out and uh, and all the great baby goat references that I'm sure will be coming from years to come. <laughs> so Circle of Slime Pod, if you want to check us out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can find it, uh, we should be on there. And uh, yeah, this was awesome. Thank you both so much for having me on. Uh, I had a blast. Obviously, I'm over here sweating, even though my house is set to like 72 degrees right now. Uh, but I'm, I, I was super pumped about this, especially the Miami Heat. So thank you guys again. Thank you for joining us, Ozzy. Rich?
1: Man, Jimmy really was about that Miami life from the moment <laughs> he got to the Heat. There was just shots of him playing dominoes.
2: <laughs> oh, God
1: and all of it man in a way that he did not do any other place he went to uh and ozzy just to rub it in uh currently recording my room with the windows open it is uh 62 degrees outside uh, nice and crisp um it's delicious here it is truly uh gorgeous You can uh, also hear me on Quarter Mile at a Time, a Fast and Furious podcast with Nick Lathan, uh, where we're watching every single Fast and Furious movie. And then on arcade, on excuse me, slash arcade audio, we're watching every episode of the Netflix original animated series, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Uh, So we're really covering everything Fast and Furious. We're also going to cover. Uh, the video game and the ride uh, and some other fun stuff. It's it's truly a delight awesome. um, to be making this journey once again. Uh, and then, of course, you can follow me at Rich Cammy on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, every day I host uh, the Whack Pack on IG Live, uh, where Rip rips open another pack of trading cards every single day. Uh, Ozzy, you, of course, have been on. Tony, I have been derelict in my duties to get you on, so uh, <laughs> we'll have to do that Uh, very very soon Uh, perhaps tomorrow when this drops tomorrow afternoon if you're uh, not up to anything else in the afternoon Uh, thank you for making this booking painless Um, yeah that's all I got and then of course just arcade audio in general just uh, keep an eye out for everything we got coming out and everything that's coming up on the horizon
2: All right, thank you to Rich thank you to Ozzy check out all the other shows on the arcade audio network it's all good shit all the time it's been The Blank Slate. You can delete this now. Check us later.
1: Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.